I have this really strange fear of public urination. So I, I decided, you know what, I got to go. It's too far away, you know, to rush home. I'm not going to make it. So I just ended up using it, and something blue splashed on my my dick. And now I there's this weird spot, and I don't know what to do about it, and now it's starting to grow all over my... Shut up, Brandon! to the Shut Up Brandon podcast. I'm Dustin. I am David. I'm Brandon. And we have uh, two extra motherfuckers with us. Right here we have... I'm Aaron. And... I'm Jeremy. And, uh, yeah, here we are. We just ate a bunch of food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not feeling happy about it. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I feel wonderful. I'm mixed. I'm 50-50. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something new every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just saw... Um, I guess we should just talk about it, because I know we're going to I think we should, too. So, we just... If you haven't seen Avengers Age of Ultron, I'm sure we're going to spoil it, so stop listening if you don't want to know things, because um, we're going to talk about it. And go back Forever. and listen to an old episode or something. Well, we spoil everything in every episode, <laughs> so you're really not safe no matter but, what you do. But if you don't give a shit about Deep Blue Sea or At something like that. Or, class, or 30-year-old exploitation Your other movies. podcasts spoil old shit. This is actually new. Yeah, this is This is new. actually relevant. Yeah, that's true. For the first time ever. Although by the time this goes up, it'll probably be like four weeks from now, so yeah. I don't... So you guys like, Age Ultron, I'm seeing Civil War. Well, that's a crappy <laughs> shit. I'm going home. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I think we all liked it, right? Everybody oh yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, it I'm cool. I'm on the. Uh, it's uh, just as good to me as the first. Like I'm on the same level. I actually mm. like it a little better than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Only because it didn't have the the baggage of exposition or building the team. Like literally the first scene, they are the Avengers. Right. Which is gorgeous. That whole sequence. The thing movie. I liked is is especially like the very start. You see, like that's how the Avengers should be. Like a well oiled, like just ass machine just kicking ass an ass machine ass machine and kick ass <laughs> yeah. ass um, machine that's my next movie by the way right ass machine. but no it's just you know like the first one there was a very much just that whole kind of team building no one knows what's going on and the second one they don't try to pretend that you see mm. them just it's more or less a day at the office of them just kicking entire yeah. like and what's cell of terrorists what's great about having a movie like this made by a giant nerd is that every action scene every little like character using their power is done in the most like masturbatory, like oh, orgasmic yeah. kind of way. Especially Captain, like him, oh, him yeah. doing things with the shield in this yeah. one. I'm yeah. like, oh my god! And that's the joy. This one, even compared to the first one, where the first one was technically sentient alien, whatever. Yeah. This is just robots. We can just rip shit apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. People, that was very they, nice. Every Avenger gets their good screen time as well, and it is kind of funny at points because you have like <clears throat> Hulk and Thor and Iron Man dealing with these heavy, mo- like big turrets or like mutants or not mutants or super powered more super powered people but then all of a sudden they're like here come these goons so you make sure that black widow and hawkeye actually get to kill some people hey dave i just got a message from disney um they are charging you like a hundred million dollars for using mutants i didn't say mutants i said mutantes (laughs) (laughs) mutantes well that, that that's interesting too it's interesting to me that they were able to put uh wanda and pietro in the movie who are like classically are mutants and this they call them enhanced They're they never even. I like that they didn't even bother with an actual origin. Yeah, they're just right. like they're there. They were experimented. They could have been just beforehand. Rolling. Well, there, there kind of was for them. Which movie was it? Where in the after credit scene, it shows Von Strucker like. That like, was that was um that was the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's all they did to yeah. set them up. Otherwise. I mean, it, it acknowledges they were experimented on, but past that, whatever. Well, that brings up a good point too. I think it's cool that these movies, and I don't like, I don't like love all of them, mm-hmm. but I love the Avengers movies, and there's a couple in there that I really, really adore. What I think is cool about them is, for the most part, they treat the audience as if they're, like, they don't treat us like we're idiots seeing this stuff for the first time. Right. Because it's just like, um, they're really playing to their core fan base. And a good example of that is, in this movie, um, and this is a giant spoiler, probably, the whole Infinity Gauntlet thing where you see Thanos Mm -hmm. put on the gauntlet. To most people, that would mean fucking nothing. Yeah. But, like, because because we're fucking geeks... We know what's coming. It's like, oh, yeah. We yeah. openly sobbed and we saw that. To me, yeah. the, the best thing about that to me was the one thing that kind of has always bugged me, and, and in, for the people that don't know or don't really care, really, because they don't know me, I'm, I'm kind of like a big comic person. So, like, the one thing that has always kind of just gotten in the in the back of my head and always annoyed me is, like, it's clear that all these, you know, the Tesseract and all these other things that pop up in the movies are meant to be stand-ins for the Infinity Gems. 
And it's like, but they're not. They're just like they're the other things, other important things in the Marvel universe. Yeah. That are stand-ins. This one, it's more or less every single thing in all the other movies was kind of like the housing of right. the gems. And it's like... Which it was cool okay. in this movie they finally just owned yeah. up and they were like, they're the Infinity Gems. And, right. Yeah. I feel I feel like that was kind of like a, not necessarily a late edition, but it was kind of like, all right, everyone wants this. Everyone knows what they're supposed to be. Let's just give up the ghost. They are the Infinity Gems. Let's just, it not, not necessarily a retcon or not necessarily like a changing a mistake, but more just a... Well, we've done this. Let's just let's embrace just own it. it. Yeah, let's own let's it. Embrace let's embrace it. it. Let's be it. One thing that I thought was cool is can we all agree the first movie? Uh, like I watched like Earth's Mightiest Avengers and stuff like that, and like or the games. It's just seeing Hawkeye was always kind of comical and funny and kind of like I guess the Human Torch of the Avengers. I mean, but more smart Alec. I don't know. He he was always had a comic side to him. In the first oh, yeah. movie, he got to do absolutely nothing because yeah. he's brainwashed. Yeah. The second one, they make fun of that yeah. and they make Hawkeye a very likable, very entertaining character. And I love Hawkeye in it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't um, expect to. Hawkeye's generally kind of one of my favorite Avengers in the comics for a really long time. He was kind of just like the the young punk that always kind of just bugged the, bugged the hell out of Captain America. Not quite ca- not quite Human Torch. But, like, kind of just, like, the obnoxious one. The one that, like, always, like, argued against Cap because Cap's the leader and he just can't just listen to Well, that's him. kind of how they treat him on Earth's Mightiest Heroes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great in that, though. Yeah. But um, in the comics for the last couple of years, they've kind of moved him into, like, full-on, like, everyman mode. Like, his most recent comic series is literally just, like, him living in an apartment building dealing with, like, shenanigans. Like, there yeah. was an issue where he helped people at the apartment get out of, like, the hurricane that hit New York and whatever. Yeah. Um, See, and they really embrace that in this one. Like, you know, he's got spoilers again you know he's got a wife and kids he's yeah, yeah. he got his little house up in there it's like it's very much like super made him like the everyman down-to-earth person and that's kind of what he needed to be mm-hmm. yeah. and whereas the first one they just didn't seem to know what to do with him this one they really gave him his chance to well, shine this one it felt like too by highlighting the fact that um he doesn't have power which it's weird that they don't do this for <clears throat> black widow as well but uh by highlighting the fact that he doesn't have power so he's just a very skilled mm-hmm. archer it sort of points out how fucking brave he is compared to the others. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what that's the impression I got from it. Is like, like, that guy has way bigger balls than the guy in the Iron Man suit. Oh, yeah. You know, or the guy who's a super soldier, you yeah. know, or the guy mm-hmm. who's green and invincible. Or God. Yeah. Or God. And literally, he has more to lose than everyone else. You know, obviously, yeah. all the movies have their little, like, love interest throughout most of them. But, like, he's just full-on fledged has a family. Yeah. And that changes things quite a bit. Yeah. What were you going to say, Brandon? Oh, I was going to say, um, I think that's also, seeing this movie, and with, in terms of all the Marvel movies, seeing this one really stands out why Marvel is just stronger in strengths in what they're doing than DC. Yeah. Um, because the little comment that Hawkeye made when he was trying to uh, buck up Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. that was like, great. this is a floating city with robots, and I'm fighting it with a bow and arrow. None, None of this makes sense. sense. <laughs> well, and what was beautiful about that, too, is that was, we talked about this earlier, how the way they made these characters work was by giving them each one good scene that explained who they were. And not only did that help develop Wanda as a character, but that made you understand him because he was like, but I'm going to go out there because it's my job and that's what right, I do. Right. And you're like, oh, I understand you now and that's awesome. And if you come out to Scarlet Witch, if you're you an come Avenger. out, you're an Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, if you're gonna, he's just if you're going to stay here, that's fine. No judgment. But if you come out, man up. Yeah. We're at the kick ass. <laughs> what the thing is... Uh, also, they took so much time to evacuate the people because they're actually heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want people to die. They, people made, die. A, they oh. made a point in this movie to do it. Well, they they made a point in the last one. I remember reading a review where they mentioned that that it was interesting that Joss Whedon made like a point to point out the you know the 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 explosion porn aspect of the superhero genre and how he made a point to make that a thing. But it didn't acknowledge that they did that in the first one. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't a big fan of the super movie in general, but the thing that really turned me off of, of Man of Steel was essentially at no point did Clark Kent, Superman, the embodiment of good and hope and just the general like... Try to rescue anyone. Yeah. Did not give yeah. a flying fuck while he was throwing Zod through buildings. And what's really weird to me is like that's the thing that people who like really, really love that movie, like that's the thing that they always they always try to be like... They always have a really weak defense for that aspect. They're always mm-hmm. like, well, he's not really Superman yet. He doesn't know he's supposed to say And I'm like, that's not true. The whole what? movie was one day they'll join you in the sun. Like, all this yeah. shit. Like, like it just, it, it, if you, I don't know. Like, it just, you can make a point and try to make that a thing, but it needs to be, at the end of it, it needs to be kind of one of those things that he is aware of what he did and he needs to start being fed. Which I'm hoping, if they, I think, I think in 
in uh, Batman v Superman that may play into the plot. I think and so. And I'm hoping as well. so because that I may, think so. might make me like that movie. But uh, um, real quick, and though the I feel like starting with Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel slash Disney has literally been trying to rub DC's nose in it. Oh, because yeah. Because there's a moment in Guardians of the Galaxy where they, where they literally go, our number one priority is getting people out of this city. Mm-hmm. Or keeping the fight away from people. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you know who didn't fucking do that? Superman, the <laughs> one who's literally but the guy he, that uh, Isn't he usually a character, Superman, where he's like, he knows his strength. That's so his, he en- tries... yeah, his entire yes. thing. And he's like, <laughs> I, uh, the fight is every, away from Metropolis. Yeah, in I every want, halfway decent embodiment, that's wanna, kind of who he I is. I want to ask Jer about his thought about Vision. Because I know Jeremy loves the Vision, and it's his favorite character, so I want to get his take on how they did Vision. And we were all very worried about what was Vision going to be like, and Ultron and everything. Here's the thing. that there There is a direct correlation between Ultron, Vision, and Hank Pym, and the story of Oedipus Rex. I mean, it's you, you can't even deny this connection. And going into this movie, knowing that they weren't going to involve Hank Pym or Ant-Man or anything, I was a little nervous, I was a little worried... But the way that they did everything, and, and when Vision finally showed up, how they just, just like, showed the signs of him being developed, like, when he finally arrived, like, he was fucking beautiful. It was it was kind of cool to watch because they found a way to birth him, essentially, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that made sense, mm-hmm. but in such right. a way that it leads up to being who Vision is supposed to be, yeah. and it made sense within, like, the, the context of the movie. Right. And 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 Vision's origins are like wishy washy and all over the place. You know, he's a he's a robot and he's evil and he's has the the brain ways, but not the personality of a dead man. Wonder and, Man. And and <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, you can't do that. You can't do that in a movie. I mean, it would be a lot to try to even bother with. But right, and like... and the way they did it was just seamless and faultless, and he was absolutely stunning to watch. I think one of my favorite moments, other than other than like the the worthy one. Yes. Um, was just when he was first born and literally just kind of flew away from everyone ignored everyone when they were all fighting and yeah. just literally kind of just looked out in the sky and just like looked out at the world and you could just see he was just taking in like what he saw as this beautiful thing mm-hmm. right and that essentially is kind of like the core of who the vision is right well and that goes into that like speech he gives to Ultron at the end where he's like it's a privilege to be among them and mm-hmm. like it, it's just such a he's like they made him the antithesis of Ultron yeah but it's just it was just so perfect and that line was actually very like superman-esque um there yeah was, like, i thought the same thing yeah, it was very was much like the thing. kind of a thing superman would say when we were like well why don't you just do everything to save people and he's like well that's not what we're here for we're it, this is actually a direct quote from like a justice league comic when it was rebooted it's just like you know well, what are we here to do we're, we're here to help them when they fall yeah you know we're here to help humanity when they need it yeah superman's essentially a god god won't do everything to make great but he'll yeah help you out yeah. if you need it yeah and you know that he's supposed to be God if you watch the Zack Snyder movie because they jam it in your head every three seconds. Oh, yeah. I never watched the movie because I, I'm going to be honest, I don't like Superman. Yeah. I never liked Superman from a four-year-old kid to an almost 30-year-old man. Don't like the character. Just I know there's great comics that I need to maybe be introduced to, but I, I caught my parents watching it on television, and it looks so melodramatic like and boring and plain and every they had no color to it it looked like it somebody had sucked it in and sucked all the color and life out of the movie with a plug i saw all these great actors so sedated and boring like christopher maloney it's like come on man i hope you guys got good paychecks because have you seen um my favorite thing that i saw on like the internet a couple weeks ago was actually like someone did a color pop. it looks so much more beautiful from what i understand is snyder shot the movie colorful and then Someone made the decision to drain it so that it would look like the Nolan Batman movies. Yeah, is what is we, it? It was a it was an art by committee decision. Oh yeah, I mean it was just WB trying to make it dark and. Wild. By the way, if you I think if you want if you want a chance to like Superman because this is what did it for me. I think like a a, a story to look into is um, All Star Superman. Which I actually just bought today. Today is also free comic book day. Have you read it before or seen the movie? Yes, I I, I read a decent amount of it. Um, there was a time where I was pretty actively reading and collecting, and then I kind of dropped off for a little bit, and I came back. Yeah. Um, when I came back, you know, I hadn't finished it. I finished it. Beautiful story. I even saw is the it, movie. Uh, Very good. Is it Grant Morrison? Morrison, yes. See, and the, Morrison is just the most batshit beautiful The crazy thing He's about my favorite Superman All-Star ever. Superman is they take everything good and important about the character and find a way to exemplify it in each scene, each battle, each conflict. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love 
um, that they, they actually translated really well into the animated movie is the moment that I understood and started liking Superman is when Lex Luthor gets Superman's powers yes. and sees the world as Superman does and basically is brought to his knees and brought to tears with how beautiful everything is once you see the world like Superman. And he's like, I, like he's literally there and he's losing yeah. the powers. They're about to go away and he's just like, I have to, I have to help them. I have to help everyone. And that's the thing, yeah. It's essentially like the, it's it's kind of a end of Superman story. Like Superman eventually sacrifices himself, whatever. Yeah. And then like the kind of post epilogue of it is essentially Lex Luthor has turned his life around and is trying to be the example that Superman Scrooge. is. Yeah, kind it's of. Scrooge, very Scrooge. Yeah, actually, <laughs> um, I like the one with Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's Bobcat. a that is a very good Superman story. My. The thing is, Superman's really hard to do right. Lots of people do it very half-assed, and so many people try to make more unique stands on Superman yeah. that it ends up being a pile. Um, I think one of my favorite jokes any of my friends has ever told me is, think of your favorite Superman story. I was like, and he's like, it's not in continuity. And that's generally true. Yeah. Like, my one of my favorite Superman stories is, is Red Sun, which is an alternate universe yeah. where he lands in Russia and, you know, the communism and all that stuff. Um, one of the things that always makes me like Superman is, is kind of... When you look at him compared to how, like, the grim and gritty era of comics has come, and a lot of that, when it's that kind of stark contrast, that's pretty good. Um, the best way to experience Superman to me is probably the Justice League cartoon, Justice League and Justice yeah. League United. Yeah, There's my favorite one, um, is the one where he ends up, like, it's the episode that has Captain Marvel, and literally Superman is so, like, dead on that Lex Luthor is being a piece of, piece of shit, that, like, the moment he sees something, he just rails and he's like, it's a bomb, I gotta stop it. Yeah. And Captain Marvel's like, listen, can't we just let him explain what it is? And he's like, no. And they just fight. Yeah. And it's more or less just It's Superman. an awesome fight. Yeah, it's a beautiful fight. It's more or less just Superman being kind of a petty dick. Yeah. And those are those moments that, you know, it, it's easier to do a Superman, t Superman on a team because you get to see that kind of more human elements of him. Right. I, you know what? That um, that cartoon is really, really good. That that whole, like, DC animated universe that they had in the like starting with oh know, yeah the timber timberse was just so fucking good and that just league cartoon's fantastic and that actually that cartoon made me love um green lantern too i don't think i understood green lantern mm -hmm. until i watched that cartoon and now i really like it well yeah and and um you know john stewart's one of the like it, it's he's one of the easier lanterns to do they did a very good job it's more or less you get the time to actually explore a lot of these characters isn't it interesting that everybody's favorite green lantern seems to be hal jordan and hal jordan is the one that became uh, uh super evil what's the well they 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 turned him into a big fart cloud in the movie but he turned into that <laughs> parallax parallax right? yeah and he was a genocidal maniac oh yeah and then, well, but nobody, but everybody likes him the best. Like, did they so turn out Galactus in a giant fart cloud too? Yeah, they did. Well, essentially, it comes back Galactus. to it comes back to you know <laughs> the comic book readership is so like internal and cannibalism and almost like just incestuous. Yeah, that the idea of really growth and change is very hard to do. Yeah, I mean. Here's the thing, uh, for using the Flash for example, like Barry Allen died when I was born. Yeah. And so he was, and and then you know Wally West was the Flash from like 1985 until like 2010. Did Flash die in Crisis? Yeah, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, okay. He sacrificed himself. But so like for 35 years, Wally West is the Flash. And Everybody yet one, remembers Barry Allen. And not even that. That's not even, I mean, there are some, yeah. yeah. But really, at the end of the day, once, like, there's a big enough person that makes a decision, who's like, no, we were going to go back to Barry Allen. He's been dead for 35 years. It's one of the most, like, it's, in terms of people being dead in comics, it's like, the Waynes, Gwen Stacy, Barry Allen should kind of, in, at, for Uncle a really ben. time, Uncle ben. ben, like, those people should always be dead. Because yeah. they are very essential to, like, some of the more important parts of it. The and then thing. they changed it. I want to say about comic book movies in general is we need as like I, I can't say we like I'm producing or buying or something like that. I would really like to see them embrace the actual comic. We and need to get stop, past stop being, being embarrassed it, yeah. by it's a comic book. It's a comic book. You can't be like be we colorful. want a guy with claws, right. but we want him to. We don't want him to be in a funny suit. People won't buy that. People will people will buy a giant fart cloud, but they won't buy a, a fucking a purple <laughs> helmet. No right. shit, come right. on, man. And and oh god, it always backfires on them too. Yep. Because mm -hmm. as soon as people found out Galactus didn't look like Galactus, that movie was fucking doomed. It was right. done. The they closest shown the trailer. They shown the trailer with the force standing on top of a building, and fucking Galactus is there, and they're having that famous conversation. Bricks would be tickets sold out. Yeah. One of the best lines. Well, 
for Galactus, when Silver Surfer said it, it's like, why doesn't he try to come down and talk to us? And one of the cartoons is like, do you go and, and introduce yourself to the insects before you step on them? Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, to, coming back to your your point, I think that's changing now. I think Obviously, so too. Marvel, Marvel kind of, when they started with Iron Man, they kind of embraced the idea of, like, this is what it is. We will change certain things. But we're not going to go hog wild. It's not going to be like everyone's in leather jackets. They, Matrix they, part the six. things they change are to make the stories work. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, and then the aesthetics that they change is just so it reads on film. The vision looked like the fucking the vision. vision. The, the vision yes. is Almost creepily weird, and he, too. And he's a Christmas-colored android thing. Right. Yeah. But they let him be that in the movie. You know, he had more texture... More detail line stuff, so he wasn't like a smooth, mm-hmm. weird CGI. And you mask. saw his colors change <laughs> too. Yeah. A little Coming bit. out wearing like a plastic Michael Myers mask. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, he's a robot, and he, uh, I don't want to say robot. Uh, let's just say he's a robot, but robot. he doesn't look like a robot in the comic. He's, yeah. he's just a guy. And the changes they made to him made it clear that he wasn't quite human. Yeah. But yeah. he was almost there. I don't know. I, he needed more black. He <laughs> needed a leather jacket. Needed to be darker. <laughs> isn't needed he, more slow motion. Isn't his whole thing it, though that he is like he is like a living human person. He's just everything kind of sort of. He is like, an android. Yeah. Um. He was designed by he was in the comics and even kind of sort of in this one. He was designed by Ultron. Ultron designed him in the comics more or less to be a mole and and to destroy the Avengers. Yeah. And then he made him so good. He made his. He kind of made him with, like he said, the dead brain waves of another hero. Yeah. And so he made this robot, this android, so sentient, so advanced that it was even that it even turned against the evil robot that created it. Like it's kind of like a complete inversion of Hank Pym creating Ultron in the first place. Like yeah. he made it so good that it was able to change his mind and become good, which is the exact opposite of most robot yeah. AI stories. I think right. it's really cool in the movie that uh, I thought it was smart that they. They they used uh, Jarvis because it gave the Jarvis being an AI instead of a butler a purpose instead yeah, of just being right. like we you know a butler's dumb that's like alpha they gave it a purpose for being that mm-hmm. and it was cool because you know Jarvis since Iron Man has been Paul Bettany yeah and then they mm-hmm. let Paul Bettany play literally pay, play the physical version of Vision that is cool which mm-hmm. is really really cool. I will say the initial confrontation and it, and it's all done like CGI but. The initial confrontation between Jarvis and Ultron when they're just kind of yeah. exploring like each kind other of gave me fucking each other. chills. That was like, awesome. I, when, I couldn't handle it. When it goes to black and you hear Ultron be like, what is this? Where am I? And then you see the little spark. Yeah. I was like, this is really weird and I'm really glad this is happening. <laughs> like, 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 oh God, I couldn't They weren't afraid it. to get weird with that. Yeah. It was, I don't think, even the people who don't, don't like uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, I don't think they're giving enough credit. I mean, this is why they don't like it. But nobody's giving enough credit for how weird it is, because it is way weirder than most mainstream, like yeah. big budget, yeah. like blockbuster movies. It's Ultron's super. Ultron's a weird, very creepy, very scary villain. Yeah. to be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, I mean the the whole concept of the Vision is so weird. It's amazing to me that it's in the movie. You know, it's like the whole thing is so strange. Yeah, I'm happy they did. I probably would have gone full comic book rage nerd on it if they didn't. Yeah, like, right. You know, there are. It, if I want to put on that hat, if I want to be comic book guy from The Simpsons, I could probably pick all kinds of little things apart. Yeah. But that's just being an asshole. Well, that brings me. I want to. I want to. Okay, I want to do this now since we're we're roughly halfway through the podcast. Where was, was there anything in Age of Ultron that you guys didn't like, like that stuck out to you that you didn't care for? You wish they would have done differently. I guess I can start. Yeah. I didn't see anything I didn't dislike, but every comic book movie I've ever seen, I've enjoyed the first time around, but now I started thinking about it, and then I'm like, ah. Uh, there's some funny things I noticed that are kind of silly. Like, every movie I've ever seen where the barrel with toxic waste, yeah. they put toxic waste on the barrel. On they the- don't write toxic waste on the barrel. That's the <laughs> thing. I actually thought it was cute. I thought it made it seem are like you, a comic do, book movie. Are you sure they don't, though? Do they not do that? I don't know. They put radiation signs. I work in a to- I work in a toxic waste factory, and yeah, we write toxic waste on it. <laughs> <laughs> we brand everybody, so everybody knows it's toxic waste. If they did that, kids would be dunking their heads in there. Like, You're right. Oh, when they're, when they're in that like abandoned ship where Ulysses Claw was, like where they go to where the vibraniums in, it just says toxic waste. waste. Yeah. I was like, yeah. was this a trauma movie? <laughs> Trover. No, that then it would have to be like bubbling in green. If that right. had a fart that... sound when they looked at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Ugh. the only things, the only things that I didn't care for, I think, and I actually, it it's leading me to believe, and I, and I hate to say that that I think the Marvel movies are on the verge of not being good. This one was really good, 
But at some point, this bubble is going to burst, and they're not going to be consistent. Because even the bad ones are good. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. good for being... Like, everybody craps on Iron Man 2. That movie's watchable as hell. The action's great. There's funny lines in it. It's maybe not the best Marvel movie. You know, the Thor movies I feel the same way about. Um, this movie had a slavish obligation to what has come before and what is coming after. And maybe because, like, I spend a lot of time, like, writing screenplays and stuff and worrying about structure, I notice these things. But I could tell when Whedon was forced to include something. Because it stopped sounding like his dialogue, mm-hmm. and it was really unnatural, and it popped into scenes where it was like, why are they talking about this? There well, that were... happened, that was a lot in Iron Man 2. My biggest yeah. thing with Iron Man 2, I also enjoyed it, but essentially, like, there was a half of, like, an almost, like, chunk of the movie in the middle that was like, you could tell they're like, hey, listen, John Favreau, we need to put this stuff in because now we're kind of making this whole thing, Avengers thing, yeah. kind of happen. So yeah. we're cramming this stuff in and deal with it. Yeah, it was it was really weird in Avengers Age of Ultron when they had like the fifteen minute Pepsi like talk about Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, when you well, said add in, I would be so. Although funny. both both screenings when they show the Hulk and he's wearing Beats audio headphones, people laugh. I immediately yeah they, they laughed noticed. in this one. In my head, I immediately went Beats by Banner. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't notice because I don't know anything about. <laughs> They laughed on Thursday, and they laughed. People laughed today when they saw his headphones. I, I'm not gonna laugh. I don't know too much about them. I didn't quite understand the Hulk and Widow relationship going on. Maybe Aaron will know. Um, I mean, there's no basis for it in any previous thing. Essentially, I think what happened is they had a pretty. Hulk had really good chem. Hulk and Bruce Banner had good chemistry with everyone in the first movie. I think yeah. most right. people would say that he's the best character in it. But they had a like because when I saw the when I saw the Avengers, the thing I noticed was they had a pretty solid chemistry going. So I think it was more one of those. I actually, I, I like, I think I like, I think I have a product pretty solid reason why they why they did it. Um, in the first movie, they drive home really really hard that uh, Black Widow is afraid of the Hulk. Okay, right, right off the bat from their first oh, yeah. meeting, she tears up at the thought of him turning into Hulk. The thing to remember is that's not a phobia because there are no other Hulks. She is specifically afraid of this one thing and probably nothing else in the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's Black Widow. That means, and this is like this is a really weird thing, and I don't want to like get sexist about it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But she's she's a powerful woman who finally met someone who the challenged one thing her that is more powerful uh, right it, it, it was it's a challenge to her it's which makes it interesting to her and i that's why i think it's really uh sort of organic and makes a lot of sense that this starts out with them having a flirty relationship that's actually a good thing I and can, they've been working together for three years mm, you know? right i could it's also <laughs> i could also get get on a semi-cynical like movie person thing and the least likely members of those, other than maybe Hawkeye, the least likely people to get their own solo movies are going to be Hulk and Black Widow. Right, yeah. So, you know, in Captain America, he's going to most likely end up with any some kind of romantic thing. Tony obviously had Pepper floating around in all the movies. Thor has Natalie Portman being whatever. So Natalie Portman wishing she'd never been in a Thor movie. More or less. <laughs> so more or less, it makes sense in, in big blockbuster movies, there's always some kind of a romantic thing. Yeah. So there you go. You have your romantic thing, and you don't have to mess up with the other solo hero continuity yeah. movies. But that was that was like the thing you weren't sure about, or you didn't I, really I, care it, for. It just it weirded me out. Because, it seemed unnecessary. Yeah, because Black Widow was really fucking cool in the first one, and and, and I felt like like well, we're just going to turn to a girl that you know, because she's the only girl on the team. Yeah, and she, and so well, she has to fall in love because she's she got to date girl. someone. It was really fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, like yeah. it's it's a team full of males. Now now they had the Scarlet Witch, I guess, to more like she's not replacing her, but so now they had the Scarlet Witch. But if we don't think about the Scarlet Witch and Division, it's all kinds of sorcery happens. Yeah, between those two, yeah. Brandon. I, Sorcery. <laughs> sex sorcery. Oh, sorcery. Sex magic. What did I say yesterday? Um, why don't you show me some of your hex moves, but you dropped you the call. H and add an S. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> Brandon? Um, what Brandon didn't like was the lady behind us. Yeah. So I, <laughs> um, I killed her. I, I loved the movie. I enjoyed uh, I I loved it. I couldn't enjoy it. Uh, there was too much distractions in the theater for me uh, this go around. Mostly because the lady behind me 
Um, and then for some reason, off in the distance, there's just some kid from, I heard that from kid. frame one to frame in. It was just constant. He cried a lot, too. It's like, I know, guys, you want to go see the movie, but if your kid's going to cry during the whole thing, stop being selfish. Every quiet moment I could hear that kid, and it was just like nonstop. It was just like... <laughs> And he started I, crying at one point. Take the kid out of the theater. Yeah. Right. And it I was, uh, it was bothering me to a point to where I, I, there were moments where I I only could hear that and yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the movie. That's why I was going to see art films in theaters. What I did, yeah, when it came to the first Avengers movie, <laughs> I went like the big Friday night when everyone was there and whatever. But before that, I actually went Friday morning and like the first showing. And it was just me and a couple people. So it's like... All these things, all these lines that you miss when everyone's like cheering and clapping and going hog shit crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get those. I hear those. And it, it adds that much more. And then when I see it Friday night, I can just be in the retarded spectacle of it and not worry because I've already yeah. got all the little bits. Okay, so other other than that, was there anything in the movie that like you didn't care for? Um, There were moments where I thought the action was too cluttered. I couldn't make out what was going on. Yeah. Mostly, the main one for me was between uh, Hulkbuster and Hulk. Oh, Hulk yeah. Yeah. I really felt that was... Because, see, what... I understand that those quick moments have to get to a bigger part of the fight. Yeah. But even in the first one, we knew how to take it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you could see things in a, in a like wider scope. Yeah, I would agree. That he did it in the final battle a lot. Yeah. But in yeah. but in that... And in the first battle, he did. But in the fight with Hulk and... Which is, like, the most destructive fight in the movie. I, I really did wish he would pull the camera back, because it was really close a lot. Yeah. I, it'll probably read better on home video than in a... Because, uh, honestly, I thought the same thing when I saw it Thursday. Mm-hmm. And today, because I kind of knew the beats, I could watch things better. Like, the first time I saw it, it was hard for me to tell that he hit Hulk with the elevator. I, right. I was like, I don't know what's happening here. But wait, this wait. time I could tell better. Are you saying... Yeah. That that... The guy with the helmet was Iron Man? Yeah. I thought that was the Juggernaut. Like what is this guy? Is he, this but guy I, has it, I thought Fox had his right. I know the Juggernaut was fighting the Hulk there. But I agree. When it got to the final fight, it was more. It, it felt cleaner. It, it was mm-hmm. really beautiful, well planned out things. Yeah. But the the two main fights before that, I wish just pull back a little bit. I understand. Like I said before, I understand using smaller things to get to a bigger punch. You know but... who I thought was handled the least well in any of the action scenes is was Pietro. Because what the fuck was he doing? He would just like, was he running into, because he's a human, he's a fleshy human who can break, as is illustrated in the movie, because he fucking dies. Like a bitch. But like, what is he doing? He's, he just runs and robots explode. Like, I didn't understand. But there is one part where they show him punch through a robot, and I was like, yeah. the thing is, it's more just do the that? speed that it's he's speed. going at, like, it adds in, a lot of I know, but when, the, but when the Flash does it, it's because he has a healing factor. Does Pietro have a healing factor? Uh, he's enhanced. It's not necessarily of a healing factor. It's more, I mean, it's for the Flash, it's more, he just breaks the laws of physics, and it's acknowledged. For for the X-Men, they just don't really bother. To, they or, say. They've never really bothered. It's, I it, think it's more just since it's part of him, it's kind of just a localized effect. Okay. Or but do you I mean, think it's because he was maybe, in this version, he's he's experimented on and not a mutant? That could also factor into it. Also, yeah. if you play the Marvel role-playing game, yeah. kind of like D&D, you can, I don't know if this word, but speed can be used as a, a bonus in other things, like strength. And I imagine that yeah. the speed, yeah. but he would break. You see, like, that's the his thing. hands would I, I break. I totally understand that it makes him, like, punch He could punch your head off, right. but, but it that would, would still down. fuck your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I do agree with. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's just something that, like, we have to accept as... I think maybe he was in hands. It's hitting. one of those... Maybe when he's actually running, he's rubbing his feet and then static shock. <laughs> does anybody else remember the character from the cartoon show Tick? And, like, there was all these heroes, and they were real. You guys know Tick. But there was all these evil plants, and there was a guy in a carpet suit. And it was, oh, like, 100-degree weather, and he was walking around. He had to rub his feet on the ground. He was doing this and shocking <laughs> plants. And somebody's like, it's so hot. So I was like, take the suit off. He's like, come on, take the suit off. I don't have any powers. <laughs> he was, like, static man, so he was just doing this. Yeah, it. it was so <laughs> I think I do think with, with Pietro, it was smart of them to not... They didn't even attempt to, like, top the action scene from um, Days of Future Past. Oh, was that I scene great? I've, I've seen it, was a, it was a beautiful scene. It yeah. was probably the best scene in the movie. The, that's the thing. I It's like, I wish they gave him that scene mm-hmm. in the Avengers movie. Really? You'd want him to try and do it again? Yeah, Just definitely. at least, because that shows how, like, it was just, be, that was a very beautiful, like, cine, like, choreographed cinematography. It was just a very well done scene. Yeah. Part of me wishes they did that. Part of me likes that they just kept it simple. Like, because obviously he did much more in the movie, even, you know, in his limited role than he did in the, the X-Men movie. His X-Men yeah. movie was just a cute Or even, like, cameo. they wouldn't even have to, for me, they wouldn't even have to try to 
completely attempt what they did in Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. but actually go into that moment and show him maybe doing something tactical. Yeah, because like the only... taking out four in the, like a really smart well, way. Well, they they did, but they wouldn't they wouldn't show it to us at his speed. Right. Yeah. Like when he was taking bullets out of the guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what would have been really funny is if Tony Stark at like toward the end of the movie gave him like the rivet gun that worked on the Iron Legion or something. <laughs> and then I guess they weren't Iron Legion anymore, were they? They were Ultron. Whatever. But all he had to do is know like what screwdriver to use. And then Pietro could have <laughs> ran around unscrewing all their shit. <laughs> oh yeah. That would have been really cute. I, I, I would have. You guys, if I made Avengers, <laughs> it'd be nothing me. but screw driving. Yeah, it'd be a lot of screw driving. Avengers there'd be a lot seven. of screwing. Yeah. There'd be a lot of driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People be like, why is Scarlet Witch naked the entire last battle? I don't know, why not? <laughs> All dick huge. And snowing. She's naked fighting in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> samurai sword. Yeah. <laughs> I just remade fucking Sex and Fury is all I did. And yeah. hey, I, I want to ask everybody for the new Fantastic Four movie. Does the thing look like he can even breathe, like, or run down the street without getting out of breath? Like, he looks like a he looks like my English bulldog. Like, he can't breathe. The thing's like somebody's strangling him, and like his eyes have been like sucked in. He's like, you know what I? You it's know, clapping time. <laughs> you know what I thought when I saw him, and um, he reminds me of. And this is the problem. He doesn't look like the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. He looks like the rock monster from Galaxy Quest. I was thinking Neverending Story. There you go. That too, the rock yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah. They look like big, strong clobberers, don't they? <laughs> like it's just, I don't like the way he looks. Um, part of it is due to the design. Part of it's due like Fox made those monkey movies <laughs> where the monkeys looked absolutely real. Why can't they make the thing look real? Because he looks like 20-year-old CGI in those trailers. Like, in all honesty, I think that the, the My Little Chick list thing looked better. And that's yes. not saying a You know what? Yeah. The Roger Corman thing looked hey. better. <laughs> I'm going to say one thing. The Fantastic Four movies, I love the Fantastic Four. The movies, they suck. Michael Chicklets did not suck. No. He did great. He was the thing. He was the thing. Yeah. And that's what makes me so sad. Have you seen, have you seen the 90s Roger Corman? I've seen parts of it. I kind of feel like you would like it. Really? I feel like because here's the thing, it's <laughs> it's it's dopey as fuck and it's really really cheap, but they did it so sincerely and so earnestly. Like they really really wanted to make a whoever they hired to do it really really wanted to make a good Fantastic Four movie and it shows. And so you can't help but root for it. It's like an underdog of a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like Rocky with crutches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Rocky, but they couldn't afford boxing gloves. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know, I, I actually really enjoy it. The only thing that, and the effects are uh, interesting. Uh, the, the best being when uh, fucking Johnny finally, he only flames on once in the entire movie because they can only afford to do it once. And he basically turns into, uh, if anybody's ever used the program Poser, he basically turns into a Poser character with bad 90s particle effects flowing off of him. <laughs> And it's sort of amazing. He's just a blank, naked, flying mannequin. <laughs> Which is like the Kirby Crackle thing is going on. Yep, that actually yep, sounds okay. kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Hmm. He looks like back when Human Torch was an android. That's what he looks <laughs> like. There was a bad 90s Captain America movie, too. I, I seen this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, uh, yeah. That's a rough one. Is it? Oh, yeah. I had seen this. Starts out really it, good. It does, actually. When it begins, you think, oh, this is going to be cool, except for why does Cap's mask have rubber ears on it that's weird and then you just start noticing more things like that <laughs> just goes and then and then it's like once the whole beginning part like it's so well done like the the whole like uh, room with red skull and the rocket and the fight is really cool and there's like this stop motion monster thing in a cage it's like and like like oh this is fun as soon as he gets into modern day like as soon as he gets unfrozen it's like they had no money left like they spend it all it, in the it, beginning. It becomes drawn out, boring. It, oh, Do you remember so Captain America's superpower in that movie? It's the ability to fake like you're sick so you can steal a car. That's right. That's that movie. He does I, it. I don't remember that. that. He does it like three times. Yeah. What's he do? He, he goes, can you pull over? I'm going to be sick. And he gets out of the car, pretends oh, to puke. Yeah. And when they come up to see if he's okay, he runs back real quick, gets in the car, and drives away. Why? Because, Why? you know, honor, truth, and justice, the American way, faking sick and then stealing it. And he does it more than once. That's beautiful. 
It's ridiculous. Why would you? Why would you even like? If Captain America asked me for my car, I'm not gonna argue. He's Captain yeah, America. Yeah. If a weirdo in this day and age was in the Captain America suit, so he's like, "I need your car." I'm like, "All right, Cap." You know, like, <laughs> like, I just got fucked. Huh? There you go, Steve. They even at the end like couldn't afford the Red Skull makeup anymore, so the Red Skull just is a guy. They're like, "Oh, they fixed my face," and he's just a guy that like. It's, <laughs> like it's, it's, I hate when you see added lines like that. Like, it's like you're not the Red Skull. It's like. I had the plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I'm French. But, Captain, <laughs> uh, but uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, is phenomenal. Is I it? adore that. I, I, I love it. And, and I need to watch it. I think it was the more unique of the movies. Like It, it felt had a lot its own flavor. Yeah. It feels like The Rocketeer. It actually, it's directed by the guy who directed it. It actually, I think, is the first one of the Marvel movies to... I mean, we talked earlier about embracing the comic feel. Mm-hmm. I think it that's probably the one that it comes closest. A, yeah, it poked a little bit of fun at it, but also, you know, embraced it and then moved forward with it while still maintaining it. Like, because the, they the, showed, like, really early cleverest... Captain America in the when he was doing the USO dancing. Like, when shit. he punches the guy playing Hitler. Yeah. Like, stuff like that, which is a callback to that famous cover. Yep. And, like, uh, the, the thing that I loved about that is that they were, like, they basically gave a reason why the suit looks the way it looks. Mm-hmm. And then they justified it in Avengers when they were when they were like you know sometimes we need a little bit of you know old fashioned or whatever. yeah I mean, old fashioned is what we need right now and then it makes it feel organic that he got it and kept it and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that and that goes back to Joss essentially knowing his audience knowing what works and what can still play with you know the, yeah. the larger people well I think large. it's because he's his own audience and mm-hmm. the, and though you get the best films from those people. Who are fans of what they're doing, whether yeah. it's an existing property or not, you know they're in love with it, and right, right. you know they're they're being true to themselves as much as they can. Before we go, I definitely want to talk about Daredevil because I just finished it. But, but this guy has only seen. We two won't episodes. spoil it. I won't spoil. It. I just want to say a couple things. Okay. I like the first two episodes. I just want. I just want to get say out that on the porch, Brandon. <laughs> I uh, I I I was never a huge fan of Daredevil himself as a comic, mm-hmm. but. Like, I always loved the Kingpin. Always been a big Kingpin fan growing up. I just love villains. I'm a villain kind of guy. And Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin was beautiful. And Bob Gutton in the show was beautiful. Gutton, is that how you say his name? He was in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. He, he reminded me a lot of the character he played in Broken Arrow. Remember yep. John yep. He just bitches. He's so yep. funny. He's got a snarky comment for everything. Yeah. And, uh... I, the scene with the Good Samaritan speech, yep. like, Vincent D'Onofrio's face changes, like, and you can just see him turn, like, and it's so great. Like, I actually was more excited to, every time Kingpin was on screen, I was like this. Yeah. And sucked they, in. And they were really smart, because he doesn't come in until... Like, episode three or yeah. two or three? You hear his voice for a brief thing in the yeah. first or second episode. Yeah. But he's they not, don't even name him until And then it's like at the end of the fourth episode or something, you see him standing in front of the painting and the painting thing and the way they paid off the painting was so a bunch of fucking times. smart. So smart. So, so awesome f- too. Just good screenwriting. And mm-hmm. I love I love I love the difference between Daredevil because Daredevil's like super religious and Kingpin's not. I mean, yeah. King, and just like I like that. Yeah, they don't even they, call him Kingpin yet. No. They did a very good job of, of respecting, you know, like the Matt Murdock's Catholic roots and all that. I like that. Um, I also liked they, they, they gave you a little bit of like, you know, Kingpin's one of the more, it's hard, even in comics, they never really cared too much to make him, you know, like understandable or likable. You know, they acknowledge that he kind of came from a shitty youth and whatever and blah, 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 and rose above it. But then he's just pretty much evil as shit all the time. This yeah. one really kind of got you into, and sorry, Brandon, I'm not going to go any further with it. But it got you into kind of who he is, where he came from, why he is the he way he is. He manages to be, in the comics, he is a, he's, he's a, he's a figure. Yeah. He's an archetype. In the show, he manages to be that and a full-fledged yeah. character that you understand. You understand his motivations. One of my favorites. And what's cool about it is, and this isn't really a spoiler, but when you meet him, he is not the kingpin. He is trying to... He's essentially working towards it. Right, yeah. he is trying to cooperate with the other crime syndicates and stuff and, like that. And the show is smart because it's it's like, it actually reflects modern... Like today, you know how they uh, changed New York and they made it really like beautiful and everything. And a lot of people like, it lost its character. They walked over all the poor people and changed all the city into this beautiful place. And that's what Wilson Fisk is trying to yeah. do. Yeah, He's trying to make to, it a better place. I have to point out one thing, though. The one thing in all of Daredevil that... Okay, there's two things. I actually think it's too gory. But I have one thing that really, really bugs me about Daredevil and it ties back into the Avengers. And you two have probably already heard me bitch about this. <laughs> There's a scene where Ben Yurick reaches into a box and he pulls out a newspaper from three years ago about the incident in New York, about the mm-hmm. alien invasion. And in the headline, it says, Hundreds dead. 
and it made me so mad, and here's why. In the Avengers, and we kind of talked about this earlier, the first Avengers movie, you don't see a single corpse. They don't mention anything about anybody dying. Mm-hmm. And because Avengers is so colorful and so comic booky, well, at the end when they're showing the news reports, if a news reporter had said, luckily no one was killed, I would have believed it in the world of the Avengers. But Daredevil had the balls, the unmitigated gall to be like, nope, hundreds killed. And oh. it bugs the shit out of me. I literally, like, in my head was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, how dare you do that? How dare you shit on my Avengers? Yeah. No, I think it's, it's when you're looking at the Avengers, you're looking at it for a more hopeful thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like, 300 dead in a massive alien invasion where the world's more or less going to die right, if they don't right. win. 300 dead's pretty fucking good. No, absolutely. And so, and and it's more of a thing of Daredevil being that down to earth to acknowledge that 300 people in New York but did I, die. But I think the reason that it bugs me, though, is is at the same time, and this is why the gore actually kind of bothers mm-hmm. me. I mean, not to the point where I don't like the show. I do think it's a great show. The reason the gore kind of bugs me is because it, it does exist in the exact same universe as all these other Marvel movies. Yeah. It does, and it has to. And those things are so weird and so foreign and so jarring to me and not in the way I think they want them to be. Mm-hmm. Ben Urich, though, is that type of guy to play devil's advocate on stuff like that. They saved the world, but 300 people died. He's the type Well, that, I mean, he doesn't say it. Yeah. He just has a Yeah, but, you know, yeah. he's that newspaper is yeah. kind of the thing. Yeah. Like, Urich's not going to lie. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and that's why it makes sense in Daredevil. Just the fact that Daredevil has to play with... You know, the rest of the MCU makes right. it really I, weird. I to me. still want to just do a bunch of Kingpin quotes in that show right now. <laughs> I mean, it I want to just go home and watch the entire series again. <laughs> right? yeah. It comes back to essentially, it, it's, it's definitely part of it, I think, is at least not quite fan service, but more just like. Because the Marvel Universe is a big place. Yeah. There's a universe where Frank Castle's running around gunning down people right. just for, like, very little shit. Just right. anytime walking. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're a criminal. Bam. You sold drugs. Bam. Bam. Yeah. And then there's just, you know, Spider-Man yucking around, flipping, doing the whole flippity-floppity yeah. Spider-Man thing. Yeah. And, you know, just as a general thing, those are already disparate things. There are... No, you're absolutely right. And the, in, in the comics, like, I've always been able to accept mm-hmm. it because it's already established. Right. And in time, I will accept it in these new... Stuff. It is a little bit yeah. weird. Oh. It is and they're, and they're like, in the street-level Netflix stuff, I will eventually get used to it. But this is the first time they've done They smashed it. the guy's yeah. face in with a bowling ball. They decapitated a guy with a car door. <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> it's fucked up. I yeah. like it. But there's points when I was like, this is getting deep. And all the I characters are so struck. I was getting, like, sad and depressed. Yeah. And there were some F-bombs dropped, too. Like, was there? Didn't even notice. Like, it was... It is a very dark, mature show. Yeah. And that is both cool and, like, you are right. And, and it's weird. kind of jarring to think, yeah. like, this exists in the same thing as fucking Thor. Yeah. Go watch Captain America First Avenger and then watch three episodes of Daredevil and, and realize they're in, they're on the same planet. Like, it's it's a weird thought, you know what I mean? But yeah. Who would you guys like to see play uh, Frank Castle if he comes in the second season? Ray Stevenson, again. I really? like Ray I haven't Stevenson watched that. so much. I, I never like the one with one. Thomas Jane at all. Me neither. I didn't like the one with Thomas Jane, but I like Thomas Jane in it. Actually, I the, like Thomas Jane. The thing yeah, that I sold like the me actor. With, for just... Thomas Jane as the Punisher other than the Dirty Laundry short was actually the Punisher game. Because it was like produced by fucking Thomas Jane and actually voiced by him, yeah. and it was a very it was I don't know how that game got made. It was he, so he violent. Was a, he was a good Punisher in a bad Punisher movie. You know what? Yeah. And by the way, Warzone's not a good movie. It's just so cartoonishly stupid that I enjoy the hell out of it. John Travolta phoned it in there. People were like he was great. In it, but I thought he was awful. He I was thought that awful. was absolutely oh, yeah. his worst no, performance he of his was, career. He was probably the worst part of it. And Will Patton did a good job. Like, other people did decent, and, like, the thing about that Punisher movie is when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, my God. When I came out, I was like, this is going to be emotional. When they got down yeah. to family, I'm going to cry. I think they even used an Evanescent song. And back then, you were like, oh, that was a fun. <laughs> like, when I watched the movie, they used this generic shit score. I'm like, I just watched Frank Castle's dad die, and I didn't feel a goddamn thing. Yeah. That's not I good. Did, I didn't like right. the, I didn't like the way it's his, a bad movie. his family got gunned down in the movie. I didn't it, give a shit. It felt weird and foreign. It felt, it's it's too, also just too far separated from the comics. And it's a PG-13 movie. You, no. Punisher should be like oh, no matter what you R. do. Was it? Yeah. I thought Warzone was rated R. They both are. Really? The Thomas Jane one has blood and gore and stuff. Well, I mean, it does, but I always thought it was PG. No, and what was the point of building up the character with the guitar, that like cool assassin? I and know. Like, Fuck that movie. That is but, one of the worst hey, movies hey, ever. One thing though, for, no, the, I take that back. Not the, even close. the fight still, with the good. fight with Kevin Nash is awesome. Oh is yeah. Good. Oh god, yeah. There's some good things in that movie. It's just yeah. not good. Like Thomas yeah. Jane's. There's good bits. Yeah. Speaking of Thomas Jane, you guys ever see Thursday? No. No. 
has Anne Eckhart. It has a big cast in it. It's kind of a weird crime movie. That's the first Thomas Jane movie I've ever seen. Pretty good. Pretty good. I like him. Uh, you ever see uh, Give Him Home Alone? No. That's a good movie. And there's a character in there play, played by the uh, um, uh, guy who played uh, Looney Bin Jim in Warzone, who is just Heath Ledger's The Joker. And this is way before. Before that. Heath Ledger's The Joker. He has his mannerisms. He talks like him. He does the lip licking thing. Do you think that guy was upset when he? I don't know. I have a good question. It was weird. Has anyone seen the? I don't know for sure if it's the accurate thing, but it's pretty believed the the picture of Joker in the suicide. I don't think the tattoos are happening. Yeah, I don't. I think the tattoos weren't in there. Without the tattoos, I could deal with it. But like, I can deal with all the tattoos except the damaged on the forehead. That is so far removed from who that guy is. Well, it's just like, when I see that picture, I don't see the Joker, even like, even if you want to go to the, like, extreme of the Heath Ledger interpretation of it. Yeah. It's just like, what I see when I see that Joker is someone who saw Dark Knight Return, or, you know, whatever, Dark Knight, and went, Joker, Heath Ledger, yeah, and just decided to de- dedicate himself to looking like that. That's what Like, he, I see essentially a Joker-obsessed juggalo yeah, when he, I see he that. Does. Maybe he, looks he, like a, he looks like a Joker fan and not the Joker. Some yeah, people right. think that the Joker is a different person every time, like a rendition. Of well, that. from what I understand in Suicide Squad is Suicide Squad doesn't take place entirely in the present. There's flashbacks. So I think what's going to happen is is in the flashbacks or in the, the previous times, or even there's a, apparently they've announced that Jason Todd's death is in Batman v Superman as a flashback. Mm-hmm. When you see that Joker, he's going to look like the Frank Miller Joker, like the white suit and stuff. This is okay. this is all rumor, so I don't hold me to this. Well, I mean, yeah. But when you see him in Suicide Squad, he's been in jail for several several years. Yeah. And so the tattoos and the J on his face and mm-hmm. the grill and everything is from him having been in prison for a really long time. The one that looks like somebody who's out of touch with. Well, what it actually the, is like it looks beat. like a corporate person trying to make a badass character. Yeah. One, of the, one, of the, one of the more or less like preemptive, like, let's try to explain this to make it make sense fan theory I read was more or less like since the Joker kind of just plays the role that he's supposed to play, if he's in jail, he's deciding to try to play the role of like hardcore prison person. So he makes it gets the little goofy prison tattoos and all that. Yeah. Obviously, that's just schmucks on the Internet like me talking about it. But. I buy that more than just, like, this is what they want the Joker to be. But reading the cast in there, like I said, I'm not a huge DC fan and stuff like that. But, like, seeing the cast at Killer Croc and stuff is going to be played by a great actor, too. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're embracing more of the comic book side now. I mean, I think think it's one of those things where they they are starting to... And then, but when I saw the Batman v Superman thing, like it very much still looks like the the same kind of tone and style and coloration of uh, you know the Batman's and the Superman Man of Steel. I had the opposite reaction to the Batman v Superman trailer. I thought it was starting to look more like it, like it didn't look like Man of Steel to me. Like the everything from the now the coloration is still weird. I don't think we're going to be able to escape that. But I. The the production design and the scale of it Mm -hmm. made me believe that, and I mean. The the suit they have Batman in now is my preferred favorite version of the suit. The gray like with the super big black armored, bat. Yeah, more dark. Knight. No, I don't care about the armor or anything like that. Mm. It's just the color scheme. The gray, big black bat, like yeah. you had in uh, New Batman Adventures or whatever, um, and in Frank Miller's book. Like that's right. my favorite version. I will. I mean, being a comic book guy, I will definitely bitch about it the entire time, and then I'll probably <laughs> still see it. Yeah, and even then, still bitch about it, but still kind of like it. But. Like, it's one of those things where I'm, I kind of look at it and I'm like, I'm kind of getting hopeful for it, but I am I feel burned by DC. To me, when I see the even the announcement of it, I just felt it was like DC going, well, we've got Avengers Envy. How do we cash in on this? Yeah, I feel... And, you know, like, they didn't do it organically. Like, they're pretty much ignoring the entire Batman thing. They're kind of even seems more or less like ignoring Man of... I mean, trying to fit what happened in Man of Steel in, but, like, shoehorning everything in. Yeah. Instead of letting it grow which, organically. That's, that's which actually, is why Marvel... Works. That's actually the reason why I'm sort of cautiously optimistic about it, because I want them to do that. I want them to take mm-hmm. Man of Steel's horse shit and throw it in the trash can, because I... Brandon has heard me rant about this movie more than anybody else. You've heard it. He gets it all the time. If anybody brings it up, I lose my... Cause, oh, yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not even a Superman fan. I'm just a movie fan. And that was a shitball movie. That movie <laughs> I told you. I saw it's five minutes wrecked. of it, it's and ruined. I couldn't stand it. As much as everyone talks bad about Superman Returns, 
liked it better than I liked Me Man too. of Steel. <laughs> and At what, the very least, you had you had Kevin Spacey chewing the fucking scenery. And what breaks my wrong? What breaks my fucking heart about uh, all of it is that I really liked Zack Snyder. How did the man who yeah, gave, Zack Snyder doesn't who, suck? Who? How did the man who gave us the Watchmen? Hey, and the Dawn us, of the Dead remake, and give us Man of Steel. And don't even get me started on fucking Sucker Punch. Yeah, he did 300. It was like, I was a Zack Snyder fan, and then there was the fucking Owl movie, Sucker Punch, and Man of Steel, and now I don't know how I feel about it. I really like the Dawn of the Dead remake. I'm a huge Dawn of the Dead fan. I I love Dawn of the Dead remake. Really good action movie. I I loved uh, 300, and Watchmen is one of my favorite movies of all time. And to, to, especially for Watchmen, to take something for the longest time that was deemed unfilmable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could complain about the ending, but as I said multiple times, that's comic book nerd coming yeah. out of me a little bit, but... Let's like, hide. my thing about the the ending to that is, like, I just never expected them to do the squid. So I was like, well, at least... That's the, true, yeah. At least what they changed makes sense within the context of the movie. Right. Other than the visual of the squid, the concept of the squid, more or less, I mean, like, works really well yeah. and it fits more than just, we're terrified of Dr. Manhattan floating around on the moon or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, Let's get some more Brandon in here. Brandon, what's up, buddy? We got five minutes. Yeah, we've been talking. Shut up, Brandon. <laughs> no, really, it was shut up, Brandon, big time. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't have been next I, to each other, us three. I mean, I I know little things here and there with comics, but I mean, just listening to like learning right now is. But I was. Yeah, Aaron's pretty much our comic expert. Aaron, yeah. Aaron, and Dustin know quite a bit. I, I, me and Brandon are, you know, we've read our share. Before. I'm probably the only active I, reader. I only yeah. know about like the three things that I like, so I don't like. <laughs> I'm not a comic book expert by any means. That's enough for me. I can talk. About, I if you I know like anything, I can talk about it for hours. So, and I've read all the Wikipedia pages, like because every time, like they now, like the only reason I know anything about the Vision is because like five years ago I read his Wikipedia page and, and, and it like you know and I was like oh and some of that stuck with me. Okay, I remember this about him and this about him because like I've read hardly any books about him. I remember from a uh, little kid seeing him around everywhere because I grew up in that time when he was. Oh yeah, his toy yeah. was everywhere. No, not even it's just his like. Kind of like the Avengers show. Remember oh, the yeah. Avengers show? I mean, oh, the, the, game, the game, the game, the game. Avenger, there was an Avengers show. I think there he was, was on it. We were it kids. lasted like 10 episodes oh. of that. And I'm talking about the, the... Captain America and the Avengers one. He was the oh, white, oh, white, Vision. Yeah, white, white Vision. White Vision. And he was in that Avengers game with like, he could be White Vision, Hawkeye, Captain America, and Iron Man. And let me just say this. When you are like riding a thing and like at one point of the stage... Uh, when you're Captain America, somebody would come by and throw you a health bar, and it was Wonder Man, and Captain America would be like, Thank you, Wonder Man! It was the cheesiest thing in the world. That comes back to the thing I didn't like about the Avengers movie. Um, they decided for the sake of diversity to not have white vision. They decided to make him colored, and that bugged me. What? Is that a joke? <laughs> That's a race joke. And, to be honest, I at this point, when I was in high school, and I'm like, Why are they changing the races and colors and uh, the, the of these characters? That was my biggest... I don't care. I don't care well, as long as you make really know. I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't care what they what the fuck they change about anything as long as the movie's good. Yeah, right? I did at one you point. That's the, way I've lo- that's the way I've started Sometimes it matters, it. but 90% of the time, it doesn't fucking matter. If they neuter the point of it, like, again, to go back to Fantastic Four, Dr. Doom is so not Dr. You know, yeah. Wait, that guy's why? just like... Why would they send him in space again? Why don't they just let him be Doctor Doom? Right, just be, hey guys, look, I'm fucking Doctor Doom. Ah. I rule a country. I don't like yeah. this dude. Why do they have to make him the same age as them? Like the the Doctor, well, Doom he is the same age as them though. He is in the yes. Oh, it, I was imagining their, their older origin, guy. It, to an extent, the origin's not too far off. Okay, him and Reed were in college together. The actual comic book origin is basically Doctor Doom was a dick. He was doing an experiment. Reed went. Hey, this isn't right. You need to recalculate this. And he's like, "Fuck you! I'm Victor Von Doom." And, and then we got the space. Okay. And then he has always blamed Reed Richards. Yes. Gotcha. And okay. then they went into space, and then he like made his own powers and stuff. Yeah, he went. Off, he went off to go. He went off to go take over his own. Oh, actually, know, they man. were the same intelligence until that accident happened. And Reed Richards' brain is actually more advanced because of that accident. He actually got smarter. That's interesting. I didn't know that either. Hmm. That's what's cool with Reed Richards. Right, and so that's why Doom hates him. Do that? You know what pisses me <laughs> off? I, honestly, I'm not, like, the actors aren't bad. Like, but people, like, to me, like, I don't care about, like, the race or color or anything like that. But certain people are not rare. You don't cast John Goodman as Mighty Mouse. You don't cast <laughs> the guy who played Bean as Zeus. You don't, unless it's a joke. You don't do it. They don't fit. And I'll tell you what, the kid from Dead Man's Shoes, great actor. Loved him in Dead Man's Shoes. Good actor, good actor. I don't see him as Doom. I can't yeah. see him as Doom. I need a, I need a sophisticated, almost like 
classically handsome what person. The, is doing. What was the name of the guy? Until they get the guy up. who played him in the other Fantastic Four movies. The guy Julian from the, McMahon. You know what's you know, the thing about him is he was not very doomy, but when he was in the costume. And the voice was coming out of the costume. I was like, oh, that feels like Doctor Doom. Yeah, the costume yeah. was good. The voice was good. It just, overall, he wasn't very... Big. No yeah. script, probably. Okay, well, we got we got to wrap it up. In summation, uh, Avengers 2, we liked. I loved it. Fantastic. Enjoyed it. Uh, Daredevil. I loved is it. Is good. I love it. Fantastic Four movie. I hated it. Look, you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I hated it. Fantastic Four movie. Not, <laughs> not looking not, good. Not looking good. Not looking good. <laughs> And it remains to be seen for us about Batman v Superman and the Suicide Squad. I can't believe my baby blues. I look like a goddamn bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. See ya. Adios. Bye. Bye. Shut, Shut up, Brandon! Brandon!